One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello. 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 Hey, we are the Equity Young Members Committee, and this is the Young Members Podcast. Welcome. Each episode, we're going to be talking about something different. Something different. Something different. We'll talk about something different. To do with our union, our industry, and all the people in it. Made by equity members. For equity members. Happy listening. My name's Sam Swan, and I sit on Equity's Young Members Committee as Vice Chair. And on this episode, I'm going to be talking to Lila Mimak and Will Attenborough from the Pension to be Proud of campaign about Equities Pension Scheme and the campaign that has been running for about five years now to make it a more ethical and sustainable fund. Hi, both. How's it going? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for Lila to take the first plunge. Really yeah, fantastic. Good. Thank you, Sam. And both very polite as well. Lila, are you good? Yes, I'm good. Thank you. Amazing. Um, so could you just give us a like quick intro to who the hell you both are? I'm Will Attenborough. I'm an actor, um, been uh, an equity member for eight years. Um, I don't know, not much else really. I'm very posh. Um, <laughs> you can probably hear. <laughs> Great. Uh, Lila, who are you? Uh, all I can think is class now. And I'm like, where do I fit? Where do I fit? But um, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm Lila, equity member two. Um, and yeah, have, have known Will for about uh, six years. And I feel like this is all we do. So it's really nice to just sort mm. of have a, have a jazzy outing. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, just before we start talking about the campaign and what you've been up to for the past uh, five years, could you just tell us like how you got into this kind of activism, Lila? Uh, well, Will uh, got me into it because uh, about five years ago, there was this divestment campaign, uh, which was started by 350.org, which was um, trying to get the London Pension Fund Authority, please all stay with me, um, which is basically City Hall, Sadiq Khan. Actually, he wasn't there then, sorry. Um, and uh, trying to get that pension fund to divest from fossil fuels. And um, I'd sort of been a little loner uh, on marches sometimes with you, Sam, or sometimes on my own. And uh, Will was like, here's a really active way to, to uh, change uh, something that's sort of systemic and very much part of the infrastructure that we're told we're not allowed to be part of. Um, so we, we sort of hung out every fortnight for a while trying to get that done. Amazing. And, and then, um, yeah, Will, uh, Lila mentioned divest then as well. Could you, could you explain that as well as like kind of how you got, got into this? Yeah, um, I, I, I was, um, I, I got interested in this kind of thing because of uh, an article, actually, which Lila has heard me talk about <laughs> 300 times um, by Desmond Tutu. Um, he wrote in 2014 um, about this thing that I'd never heard of before called fossil fuel divestment, which, which started um, uh, in the 1980s um, when apartheid South Africa was kind of like, the human rights issue of that generation and Desmond Tutu and others went around the world and said take your money out of South Africa disinvest it divest it away from South Africa and it challenged the apartheid government economically and it made investing in South Africa morally unacceptable and in this article about six years ago six years ago Tutu was like 
climate crisis is our apartheid. It's the human rights challenge of now. So let's use the same tools against big polluters and take money out of the fossil fuel companies that are, you know, uh, profiting from human suffering. And so basically that, that spread across the US, it, you had universities, faith organizations, philanthropic organizations, city governments, all pulling their money out of uh, the top fossil fuel companies on the basis that um, it is immoral and unethical to, to profit from the human suffering that those companies are causing. Amazing, thank you. So um, yeah, so Lila, could you explain kind of how divestment actually works? Like kind of how does it start and how do people begin campaigning and then what does it look like? Um, I mean, there's a few ways, but I think the most sort of uh, recognized form of divestment is something called the carbon underground, where um, you take your money out of the top 200 fossil fuel companies on the FTSE list. Um, and that's the most sort of certified and uh, celebrated uh, divestment. But other, other, there are other forms, uh, gradual forms. So for instance, uh, Hackney, Borough, uh, their pension fund is divested from um, coal and oil, but not gas. So there's, there's, diff there's different ways of doing it. But, um, but basically, yeah, you, you, you uh, campaign within your uh, pension fund, within your, as you say, if you're in a city council member, whatever it is, to ask them to disinvest from their from from their fossil fuel funds, and that obviously includes a lot of sort of like legalities and and uh, financial advisors that I normally try and run away from. But they're they're there to make sure it's completely legit. Amazing. And and you've in conversations we've had before, you've mentioned that the kind of original thing, and like Will was mentioning about the kind of history of the divest movement, that originally it was about kind of morally bankrupting these organisations mm -hmm. and institutions, and then that kind of as it began to be more successful that turned into actually f challenging them financially like the with the potential to really really hurt some of these um these unethical institutions from yeah. doing things is I that mean, right well i think yeah there's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a, exactly that's a dual approach i mean one is obviously to public publicly shame them because as we all know everybody on this call will will know that we have been to the National Theatre that has a partnership with Shell. We have been probably to the National Gallery that is sponsored by BP. Like all these fossil fuels are so intrinsically in our culture, in our public institutions, that they are greenwashed day in, day out. And so the beginning of divestment is to start extricating that relationship. Mm. And they're not these great philanthropic cultural sponsors. They're these like climate change denying, damaging, destructive industries that we need to change how we perceive them and how we recognize them and so so the public facing part is really crucial because there's some divestment campaigns that happen behind closed doors and you know stuffy meeting rooms which are great sort of to take the money out of but a lot of it is building momentum and for other people to see that it is uh it is it is viable so that the momentum can continue within maybe mm. more austere for instance tory-led councils it's really important to keep the public facing up as well as the financial actual withdrawal so can i jump in on the financial element of that can so. i just ask quickly just to clarify yeah. about um greenwashing um yeah. you kind of mentioned <laughs> that and you, you you mentioned a bit of context around that or, or kind of what it was but could you just yeah make that super clear what that is for anyone who doesn't know uh so greenwashing is when uh, a company that is um horrendously not green portrays himself to be uh, uh, a, a green ally or somebody that is much cleaner 
than they, than they are. So for instance, uh, I think we've all seen on London Underground, you see sort of BP with their wind farms and actually uh, like their investment in renewable energy is less than 3%. But we, we start getting into our heads, oh, hang on, maybe they are the new energy. Maybe they are actually the sort of frontiers for how we, we, we transition to a low carbon and uh, economy. And that's just not the case. They are greenwashing us to make us believe that they are still legit companies that we should trust and, 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 and give our money to through our pensions and et cetera. I mean, so that kind of relates to what you were saying about like the National Theatre or like the Royal Shakespeare Company or whatever, or, or National Gallery being sponsored by these, um, these companies to make themselves look really like philanthropic and, mm -hmm. and whatever. So and it's it like a PR put, thing. It's a PR thing and it also puts lots of people in difficult situations because for the RSC, they, they, uh, it's 1% of their, of their budget, the, what, what, the, what uh, uh, BP gives them. And then that spurned this brilliant group called BP or not BP. Um, to, to just go on stage and start protesting, to say, hang on, we're, we are not allowing this PR to continue in our, mm. in our spaces and in our theatres. But sorry, Will, you were gonna say. Yeah, cheers, Will. <laughs> on, the, on, the, on the financial side. Yeah, sorry, this is maybe the boring side of it, but um, uh, I, I just wanted to jump in on, on uh, the element of this that has kind of taken divestment from being um, predominantly something that's led by activists, people who are socially minded to something that's really mainstream um, in the financial world as well. And that was that you had um, 350.org, an organization we mentioned earlier, uh, along with an organization called Carbon Tracker Initiative that basically did this really basic mathematics of adding up all the fossil fuels that the major top 200 fossil fuel companies have and comparing that to what we say we can safely burn in order to exist as a species on this planet and they found that the fossil fuel companies have six times what can ever be safely burnt so 85 percent of that coal oil gas has to stay in the ground and you have people like Michael Bloomberg, uh, Tom Steyer, you know, these, these sort of financial heavyweights coming in and saying, these are terrible investments. Mm. If the vast majority of fossil fuels are unburnable, they, they don't, they're not worth anything. And then you start seeing not just like faith groups and philanthropic organizations divesting, but like major hedge funds and the Norwegian um, uh, sovereign wealth fund, which is worth a trillion dollars has pulled all of its money out of oil and coal. Brilliant, cheers for that. So what, what changes then have been made? Like the divestment's been going on for quite a long time and there's been various different campaigns across the world. Um, yeah, what, what has happened? Well, I, I mean, when, when Lai and I got started on this about five, six years ago, and it was mainly a kind of university, you know, church-based movement, I, I think the... Um, Turn that off, Will. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the uh, the figure of um, the amount of money that had been like withdrawn from the fossil fuel industry was for, was about fifty billion dollars. It's now fourteen trillion dollars. I mean, it's just grown like in a way I couldn't have ever thought possible at the time. And I think it has done what I was talking about earlier, which is possibly the most important thing um, in removing these companies' social license to operate and making them, uh, uh, giving them a sense of stigma so you're not so proud to be closing up to them or invested in them. 
Mm. But but it has also really um, it has uh, it has made reputational risk, as they would call it, uh, a significant threat to their very industry. So you'll have like these major fossil fuel companies saying internally, public pressure is a major threat to what we're doing. Mm. And they you, you'll see it's interesting. Like a lot of these, some of these companies will try and just fight that. They'll dig their heels in, like Exxon Mobil, and some like. Repsol in Spain are going, whoa, we need to like massively transition into being a renewable energy company. Brilliant. Um, and then, and then uh, did you mention before, Lila, about the uh, Lambeth divestment? <clears throat> no, but I, I think, um, I think we can talk about sort of the, the wins because I feel like a lot, of, a lot of what this industry is incredibly slow and it feels massively disenfranchising, heads up. But I think what is really exciting <laughs> is that we are now on the side, I think, of big uh, big shifts happening. So for instance, I think some of you will have heard, obviously within the space of four days, RSC.BP and, and the National Theatre uh, stopped their partnership with Shell. That was huge. That, have, that has been like four years of campaigning from lots of different groups. Uh, and But that, that those start to topple. Um, and then for instance, within the sort of very tedious world of local council, um, uh, we have been trying to pledge that the, the biggest overhaul umbrella that uh, that we can fall into has a fossil free fund that we can um, opt into and they, they're the establishment of pension funds. And so they've been really pushing back. And then a few weeks ago, they've now said that they will host a fossil free fund, which means that different boroughs can now invest and, 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 and they have pledged to their citizens and their local you know, pension fundees that they will divest and they can now do that because there's a fossil free fund option. So that, so that those sort of things where the biggest, you know, as we'll say monolithic institutions are, are offering little like slithers of hope, it will only grow and get bigger, mm. which I think is where the hope comes from. Definitely. It's where I've, I've certainly been really inspired by seeing the, the work that you both have been doing over the last like five years because it feels so much bigger than just uh, so often when people talk about the environment, it, it's limited to, you know, like using your keep cup or being vegan or whatever, which feels so kind of small micro consumerist and individualist. And this stuff is talking about, you know, the Lambeth fund investing 200 million into a fund, which is something that, you know, people like you, a few individuals can campaign for over a long period of time and make that sort of change. Whereas I could never do, you know, 200 million pounds worth of damage to the fossil fuel industry on my own. Keep trying, Samuji. You're an angry man. Listen, I'll try. Yeah, um, but <laughs> I, sure. I think, um, no, but I think you're right. I, th I think, I think the, in the individual things that we try and do, it keeps us sane, I think, a lot of the time. Maybe totally. I'm speaking for myself. But I think also it, it keeps us really uh, vulnerable because it sort of goes, oh God, if I recycle maybe a bit more, this, this calamity will end. <laughs> and actually there is a really empowering way of, of dealing with, as you say, that amount of money. Because mm. you go, okay, and, and switching, which is what we're going to talk about in a bit. If you switch your pension from, from taking out that money, that is the most in my opinion, powerful things sort of on a monetary value thing that you can do for the climate, but we're just not told about it. We're told mm. to keep up, which is great, cycle, great, and your, <laughs> you know, ass looks good, whatever. But like actually for like money, there's actually this element of going, you can shift so much in such a short space of time. Definitely. So speaking of that, um, how does the <laughs> equity campaign like fit into this? When did, so you both came together and, and started talking about this, yeah, like what, what like five or six years ago? Uh, Will, could you take this? Oh yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, <laughs> just enjoy it. Just... <laughs> well, to be honest, I was like, "Yep, five, six years." 
a big old chunk of my life. Uh, yeah. Um, well, Lila and I had met on, well, had met on, we, we had started to work together on, we'd met in another way, uh, but we had started to work together on a separate campaign. And we were looking at like, what is the pot of money that we have leverage over? And we have our pension and this pension scheme through our union. The pension scheme is worth 150 million pounds. It's 10,000 members in it. And humor me <laughs> if this is going to be so boring, but, but I feel like no one ever talks about like what a pension is. Yeah. <laughs> and basically definitely get one. That's like the first thing. Definitely get a pension. They're brilliant. It, you, you get free money. Like every, um, chunk of money that you contribute will be matched by your employer. So you're actually paid more money for having one. But what happens when you pay that money in is that, um, you will be auto, you'll be automatically enrolled into what is called the default fund. The default fund then takes your money and will invest it across the economy. So they'll invest it in companies that make food, that build roads, but also companies that dig for oil and sell cigarettes and weapons. And so all of us, if we have a workplace pension, which we should, because they're great, we'll therefore by proxy have money in BP, Shell, Total, etc. And so we weren't like, thrilled about that as an idea. Um, we met with uh, Malcolm Sinclair, who is um, uh, who was at the time the president of the union, and he was really excited and really supportive that we, we wanted to use the union for political change. He was like, mm. oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and so we sort of went to the kind of nitty gritty of campaigning. I don't know if, Lila, you want to talk about how we proceeded from there in terms of going to branches and doing a campaign launch and that kind of stuff. Uh, well, no, I mean, I think, it, yeah, it's, ba it's basic, those things. Uh, Matt Hood's joined the call, so shout out to him. He's been a huge advocate um, and kept me calm. And so that's really nice. Yeah. Um, but, um, but no, we, yeah, we went to branches again, um, an incredible um, sort of network of people that are trying to just make all of our lives better. Um, and you know, put our motion towards them, and they were really supportive. It then got ratified by the council, so then it was official union policy, which meant that it wasn't just you know Looney Will and me shouting out Aviva. It had this incredible weight of high-profile people behind it as well, which is another you know golden ticket that we have as a union. And um, and then Will uh, was brave and emailed those notable people, and they were like, "Yes, I support this." So um, we name a couple of the people, Lila. <laughs> um, so we've got Zoe Wanamaker. That's that's my main one in my head. So you Mark Violence. Oh, for sure. He puts his name to everything these days, doesn't? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so yes, and then. Um, and then we launched a, our campaign in, 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 at the Young Vic, just to sort of, I think first for us to raise awareness that one, we have a pension or get a pension because it's brilliant. And two, the, the leverage that we have as individuals by being part of a, being part of a, um, a union that has a pension associated with it. Um, so we were like, you know, we were like, this is brilliant, let's go. And then it became a bit more nitty gritty I'm going to hand that back to you, Will. <laughs> yeah, well, so we had this like three weeks or whatever where it, it was really successful and exciting. And we changed the union's policy and we had this campaign launch at the Young Vic. And it was, we did a press release that got picked up by the Financial Times. And we were like, wow, this is, this is amazing. This like crackpot sort of um, 
a little bit of activism. That, what that what sort of thing up. did the press release say? And what were the kind of the, the gist of the motion that, that you said was passed by branches and by the council? Oh, yeah, thank you. So, so the motion was for decarbonizing the pension scheme, basically. It was for our money as pension scheme members to be invested in whatever you want to call it, a low carbon fund, a sustainable fund, a responsible fund. Um, and it gave the union the authority to seek that from our fund managers. And, and we had a bunch of famous names <laughs> who mm. endorsed that. And that helped us, you know, get into the papers and mm. it, it, it rose the, um, uh, it just shed a bit of light and focus onto the fact that most of us who have pensions have our money therefore in fossil fuels. But this is where things got really complicated. So we started meeting alongside equity with two parties. This is where it gets even more boring. <laughs> we have Aviva, who is a massive pension provider and insurance company and investment company. They provide the fund that our money is invested in. So they take our money and will invest it in lots of different companies. But because the equity scheme is so complicated because basically none of us have one employer we're all like dotting between employers for most of our professional lives we also have uh, a middleman called Hensiller Canworth that administer all of that so we sat down with those three people those three kind of parties and said what can we do here and the first thing that they gave us which was a nice little win was they said we're going to put uh, an option on the sign-up sheet when people sign up to join the pension scheme where they don't have to choose the default funds, they can choose an ethical option, which will be fossil free and it will um, uh, invest in renewables and things that work with society and for forward social change and all those kind of things. Um, and we saw that by doing that, uh, the uptake of the ethical option went up by 15%. Wow. So there's clearly demand for it. And you said that they just, Hensula Camworth just put that on their website? Popped it on the old website. And so if you go there today to get a pension, which I think is a wonderful thing, um, you can go, oh, I don't want the default fund. I want the ethical option. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. So um, the increases in the ethical option, this is exactly what you wanted and what you started campaigning for. It's up by 15%. Probably it will go up more and more, um, I, I imagine. Um, is that it then? Like, are we done? <laughs> 
no. <laughs> um, that wasn't, that was a little small win. Um, but what we set out to change was we wanted the default fund where the vast majority of equity pension scheme members have their money. We want that to change. That's where yeah. most of the money is. And our default, so like pensions, equity pension scheme members, our default is an Aviva fund that does not exclude anything except landmines and cluster munitions. So it could have its money in tobacco or um, uh, oil. It, it currently has, its has some of our money in Coal India, uh, in China Senhu, which is another coal company. And so we thought, well, surely we can just switch that fund out and substitute it for the ethical option, right? Can't we just do that? <laughs> and it turns out it's way more complicated than that. There are a lot of legal obstacles. I won't get into that because <laughs> I, I will kill you all with boredom. But, <laughs> but basically where we stand now is that Aviva have offered us after many tense meetings where Lila kicked some ass. <laughs> uh, we they, we have been offered um, potentially an ethical fund is that excludes the top 200 fossil fuel companies and has wow. a great set of ethical policies on labor standards and renewables investment. And we're currently waiting to see if the pricing will work out. Coronavirus has sort of, you know, fro frozen everything for now, but fingers yeah. crossed. That's, I mean, that's incredible um, what you've managed um, in that time. And like you say, incredibly boring work, <laughs> what you're talking about <laughs> through working through all of this like bureaucracy and the contracting and all that sort of stuff. Like the admin that goes into that, like you reeling off these sort of companies that or, or these industries that, that the um, pension, like that, that, that we have investments in. Um, it's not like that information is like easily available. Um, so like, well done and thanks. Um, what do we do then, seen as, uh, like you say, there are a load of obstacles in the way of that becoming the default fund. Um, definitely on the Young Members Committee, like I, I want to try and be pushing along with uh, many other members of the, the committee for it to be the default for young members. What can we do to sort of make that happen? Um, and what can we do to make that happen, not just for young members, but for the um, entire union um, and its pension scheme? I mean, I think, um, I mean, first of all, I think Hensela Camworth has to also, there's a guy called Andrew Barker who has been so supportive of this campaign and his world is pensions. So, you know, and he's, he's heard the line slag it off no end and he's still like met us for drinks. So I think he, you know, he deserves a lot of credit because he's, he's really trying to enact it from his, from his end as well. Um, I think the, 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 there's a few things that we can do. Um, I would say if you can, again, Cautiously, we are not financial experts, but you can look in, uh, look on a, a website that we'll post and, and link up um, about if you are in a default pension, maybe switching, or if not having a pension, automatically going for the ethical one because it's just brilliant. And um, and the more that members switch, the more we have a have a greater hand when we come to Aviva at the table and saying, look, X amount are increasing, the campaign is growing, it is only going to go up, Aviva, you have to respond. And they are responding, but it just gives us so much more weight. Mm. Um, uh, I think, uh, have you got any other options, Will, for what people can do? Yeah, I mean, well, I should, before we go further, we should both, we should say, we are not financial advisors. 
we are legally are not allowed to give any financial advice or tell people <laughs> what to do with their money. It's very clear that very we good. stress that. Matt so that is brain that we say that loud and clear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really don't we're gonna get sued for that. Um, so all investment involves risk and don't listen to what I'm saying because we don't know what you should do with your money. These are just more attacks on free speech. The union didn't do any more of that. And so what I can say is that um, if you want your money to do good in the world, probably the biggest amount of money that you'll accrue over your lifetime possibly is your pension. It's like, you know, ideally it's something that you save a little bit into it's, it's probably the most amount of money that people will have in the stock market, right? Throughout their lifetimes. And so if you want that to do good, then an amazing like tool for that is to switch it into an ethical fund. Um, if you go to, uh, let me see if I can find the website. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll, because this is quite long for me to read out, but <laughs> hensilla.co.uk. If you type in Hensilla Canworth <laughs> equity pension scheme, it's the first one will come up and the um, uh, Hensler Camworth have put up like default fund, and then there's another fund called Lion Trust UK Ethical, which they've put there as an option as well. That's a fossil free fund, um, it has really great standards on the kind of things that it excludes, uh, and also invests in companies that power social progress, which mm. in an ideal world would be every company in the world. <laughs> so that's really good. That sounds um, really clear. Um, We've we've got um, a question from Giovanni, just asking about the because the term like you know ethical option isn't like a kind of legally sanctioned term. Um, is there a danger in this that what we call ethical is in fact just like less unethical than the default fund? Um, I mean, you've kind of explained nicely what they're what we're talking about here. So it's like fossil free and everything, but are there still kind of gaps in there? I oh sorry. No, you go though. Well, no, I, I think, I think uh, maybe I'm going to put my foot in it, but I feel like we started off ethical as, a, as an ambiguous term for the campaign. So, I mean, because what we're actually fighting for is a fossil-free fund. But at the beginning of it, we were going for low carbon. Um, and so for us, it felt like a more sort of generous term as mm. a sort of optimistic um, uh, you know, process. But the, the, what we're fighting for in Aviva is very much a fossil-free fund because often what a fossil-free fund will will include is it excludes tobacco. Often, often if they're excluding fossil fuels, they're excluding arms and tobacco, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Hence, hence the word ethics. Mm. But one of the hardest ones for it to exclude is the one that has got the most sort of social license still, which is the fossil fuel companies. So that's the one that we are really sort of outlining. And in terms of what you've been fighting, it sounds like it's a kind of milestone to hit to then move on to like demanding more Completely. each time. Completely. Yeah, and it's and it's also like a broad term in general. Like what people consider ethical differs from person to person. It's quite subjective. And you'll find like it means a lot of different things when it comes to funds and investments. Like ethical investment means a lot of different things to different people. Um so, but you can, what is good is that like, if you're a nerd, like Lila and I are, you can go <laughs> on to like- through lots of work, thanks very much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bless you. Uh, you can go on to these funds and look at what they do and don't invest in. Like that's your right to know where your money is going. Um, and some of them op operate a much stronger set of criteria than others. Um, one other thing to mention as well is that like, 
sadly, fossil fuels are not like South Africa, like I mentioned in the beginning. South Africa was in South Africa. Fossil fuels are everywhere in the world. So withdrawing your money from the very thing that powers our entire global economy is really, really complex. You could do that various different ways. You can take your money out of the top few top 200 fossil fuel companies, or you can say, I also don't want my money in like aviation, or I also don't want my money in companies that are just blatantly disregarding the Paris Agreement, whatever that means to you. And that's why divestment can take a few different forms. Um, I want to finish in, in maybe like five-ish minutes, um, but could you just quickly run through um, a couple of the obstacles, like the main obstacles to this kind of activism? Um. I think, I mean, for me, I think it's because it's so, it's so not sexy, like I think, <laughs> as in the, the, the jargon, the laborious work that Will is so brilliant at, um, uh, that is really off-putting. It's so much more exciting to go, let's make a really sparkly banner and stand outside an evil company. Like that obviously engages us way more. And so as powerful and also I think community leading as that is, Mm -hmm. um this is a sort of um i think it, it can be i i think it can be also quite elitist and i think they 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 don't mean to be like that but i think i start feeling like they do mean to be like that it's vocab heavy with words that we're not taught we're not we're not taught financial literacy at school so there's this mm -hmm. huge world that we have to learn about before we even campaign within it um i think what will and i are really trying to do and hoping to do with this campaign is to make that literacy more accessible and to make the campaigning uh, less daunting um one because it's globalized uh, two because we're winning like lots of other people are winning so mm -hmm. it feels like we can do it um and three as i say before and i will actually shut up but you know we can we can do a keep cup for you know 10 years or you can spend eight minutes doing something really tedious, but it'll be so much more impactful. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so I, th I think those are the sort of obstacles, but will charming smile gets us in room, so that's quite good. <laughs> I think that's quality, Lila, thank you. Um, will, have can you got I add one to more? That? Yeah, please. Yeah, 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 just the only thing, we talked about greenwashing earlier, and we've had, there are be other discussions about how that takes place in our industry, in terms of like the cultural greenwashing that, that Lila mentioned earlier, but I think there's also a kind of uh, greenwashing from the oil companies themselves. I mean, like Lila mentioned earlier, BP's We See um, Possibilities Everywhere campaign. <laughs> I've heard that kind of thing swallowed by like financial advisors, like people who work in the city. And they, they've said to me like, these companies are spending tons on renewables. You know, we need them to power the low energy transition. If you actually go into the, the weeds and you find out how much money they're spending on renewables, for the top 15 oil companies, they are only spending 3% of their entire budgets on renewables. Mm. Some are better than others. Like I mentioned, Repsol in Spain, Shell, surprisingly are, are kind of leading the way amongst some of the others. But it's, it's, so, it's a tiny proportion of their, their actual budgets. Mm. So like, don't buy the BS basically. Can I just quickly, I know that I know we want to get back onto saying happy goodbyes but on that, just the, the one last obstacle is uh, what we've been thrown every time we have a meeting is engagement versus divestment. And just to quickly say that engagement works if you're trying to create a more diverse board, if you want, if you want to raise the uh, minimum wage in the companies, if you want to change living standards of the factories that you're investing in, 
engagement works so brilliantly then when you're trying to ask these companies that their whole business model is based on extraction and polluting the climate to change their business model it does not work and so divestment is the only uh, I know Will and I have debates about this over alcohol, but, <laughs> but, like, but I think engagement's a really good sort of carrot and stick thing. But when people say that that's the one that they have to go for, we're way beyond that now. It has to be divestment. Yeah, nice. Um, I think that makes it super clear. Um, just, could you just um, name a couple of kind of positive takeaways or opportunities um, which can kind of lead into us talking about what people can do um, actively with this kind of thing? Yeah, I have one. Yes, please. <laughs> something, I, <laughs> something I learned this week, um, <laughs> something I learned, is that half of the investment, all the investment in the UK, comes from the pensions, uh, the pension system. No, so, half. <laughs> oh, yeah, Sammy. <laughs> oh, that's, that's a great start, that. So it's very, it's very, I don't know, I, I was certainly someone who thought like the financial world, the stock market, that's not something that I have anything to do with. And uh, that world is ruled by the 1% and the billionaires. It's us, it's our money. If you have a job and a workplace pension, that's your money that's going in there. So you will be putting money into like coal, fracking, Arctic oil. So like, Email your pension scheme or your pension provider, call up your bank and say, where's my money invested? <laughs> like if, if uh, you have a bank and they probably will finance things, say like, who are you financing? I want to know. And if you don't get a good response, move your money away and tell the world you're moving your money away because that is powerful. Mm. I mean, Aviva is a company that's worth 300 billion pounds. Our 150 million is like an equity scheme is like a drop in the ocean for that. But we got them into the Financial Times because we can <laughs> think about it. So we really have power in this, in this, in this world. Yeah, like you were saying before about kind of morally bankrupting them. It's like really, really important and also lays some foundations for kind of future work. Like was mentioned with the National and the RSC kind of being forced to, to drop Shell and BP because of like fears around people not coming anymore and that was only off the back of these years and years and years of of activism um from people like you um so what can what can people do to get involved i mean you mentioned about switching to an ethical fund you've mentioned about the button that people can press but i think <laughs> i think you mentioned about i think that that is when people sign up to it if you've already mm. got a pension how do you switch so there's a link that I think we just have to put up because it's too long and tedious, but there's a share action link. Share action have also been unbelievable supporting us and our campaign. We, we'll, we'll talk you through the steps of, of switching. Also, we've got a very, very tiny Twitter following called, Pen which is pension to be proud of, but it's actually at, at pension proud of. Sam told me the other day, <laughs> how embarrassing. Um, so, um, so follow us there or, um, and, then, and then tweet me because it's just, pension to be proud of is this phone. So just tweet me and then if you go, how do I do this? I can send you the links and, and whatnot. But yeah, just telling your friends to get a pension switch, making it sound fun, you're all actors or directors or designers, but you can make it cool. Um, <laughs> so yeah. And do you, do you kind of need people to be involved with, with you? I mean, you both have done so much work already. Do you need more people to kind of take up more of the slack? I mean, I think, I mean, Matt has done so much uh, genuinely. We, as, a, as a union, I think we, we have got the support. I think that it, for me, it's demonstrating demand. 
Um, if we get, if we have another, you know, campaign launch for Viva, if Viva don't really move, it'd be great to get bodies in the Young Vic again. But, um, but yeah, it's really just switching and supporting and yeah. Amazing. So like you mentioned, um, uh, obviously, because this is a podcast as well, then um, if people can look up Share Action, what, what should they Google, Lila? Shareaction.org slash pension dash power dash Aviva dash equity. Oh, get, excited, get excited. That was simple. Or, um, just, <laughs> or just Google Share Action Equity Pension Scheme. The first oh. hit, baby. Um, nice. That's quality. Well, also, have yeah. you got a mailing list? Yeah. Okay, and that's the yeah. end. <laughs> um, <good. laughs> uh, again, it's pension to be proud of at gmail.com. And there is a 2B in that. So, brilliant. Yeah. They're, just to be clear, they're the words, not numbers or anything like that. So, it's, yeah, it's pension to be proud of at gmail.com. The yeah. Twitter is at pension proud of. Um, yeah, and get in touch with uh, Lila on social media. What you've Can't nailed wait. here, Sam, is that we're quite good at like reading boring things about pensions. Not so good at like actually inciting people about our campaign. <laughs> <laughs> no. But that's where you come in. Thank you. Thank you, Young well, Members Committee. Hey, and Sam. Thank you um, so much. But um, but no, no, the work genuinely, like it's it's really inspired me for years and years. Um, because it is this sort of boring admin that like you mentioned, it's not the sexy stuff that will actually do, like take all of this money out of this system. Um, it, it's, it's this sort of boring work and finding out about all of these kind of quite niche things. So thank you so much for forcing through lots of this, um, lots of this stuff, forcing through that button on Hensela <laughs> Camworth's website. Um, and yeah, have we got anything else to add before we, before we go? Any other business? Nothing. You have power, whoever's listening to this. Use your money. Come on. <laughs> invest great. in our invested future. Yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. What was that? Oh, don't, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, we're going to finish there. Listen, enjoy <laughs> your keep cups, um, but enjoy more of your divestment. Um, cheers. Thank you. Thank you thank so much, you. Sam. Thanks, well, thank thanks, you. Thanks, 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 everyone, thank for listening. you, Sam. Thanks for listening to the Young Members Podcast. Made by the Equity Young Members Committee. Follow us at Equity YMC. See you next time. Bye. 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 Goodbye. <laughs>